if you are in the camp of you had a great success with Weight Watchers, it did you good, it saved your life, it is what got you on track, then I'm happy for you, I'm proud of you, amazing. But for the other 90% of people, it has been an impediment. It has been something that has caused a lot of suffering. I just wanna put that out there like disclaimer, if you follow Weight Watchers and you crushed it and it, it works for you, amazing, then you should probably skip this episode. But for those of you who are like, no, I've done it. I, every time I want to lose weight, I have to go back on it. And I feel like I'm on again, off again with it. And I try to lose weight the right way, but all the old noise in my head from Weight Watchers and points and this is bad, this is good. It, it just throws me off. That's who I'm talking to. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. If you are new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton, and I am your host. And <coughs> excuse me, that came out of nowhere. Um, and today's a very different episode. It's a solo episode, so just me, no guests in the house. Um, but this is a very different kind of episode because uh, I got I got quite a bit of notes on this one, actually, um, just so I can stay on pace. Um, I normally don't have that many notes, but this is basically the what I'm calling the Weight Watchers recovery episode. Now, I normally don't want to create my content just like bashing on other plans and programs or or whatever. That's just not my my vibe. But here's here's the reason I'm doing this episode. I'm going to make sure I do this in a respectful way or do my best to do it in a respectful way. Um, I've been actually having this idea of doing this episode for a while now because I would say in our client base, in our community base, I would say like maybe 80 to 90% have so many of their issues around weight loss stemming from their time in Weight Watchers. And I see so many people with such beautiful intentions in such a desire to lose weight the right way, go down the wrong path and get so many major issues that keep them trapped in diet culture and yo-yo dieting, unfortunately, because of Weight Watchers. Now, um, so today's, today's episode is the Weight Watchers recovery episode, where if you went to a Weight Watchers, started going to Weight Watchers meetings with your mom or dad or whatever when you were a little kid, or if you are always on again, off again with Weight Watchers and you are always gaining your weight back and you're trying to do the points thing and it doesn't work. That's what this episode is about. I want to basically show you why that avenue is what's actually keeping you trapped in making weight loss 10 times harder and why most people in Weight Watchers fail and always gain their weight back and always stay trapped in this cycle, um, as well as what to do moving forward. Okay. Like what should you be doing instead of Weight Watchers? Again, I don't want to, I, I just, I don't like creating content or at least a lot of content around just bashing other other things. But I think from an education standpoint, it's important for you to know and understand why the most popular diet under the sun that most people that most people try and go to are, is getting royally fucked by. Okay. So that's what we're gonna get into. Uh, okay, cool. Sorry, I just want to double check my recordings are good. Okay, so here's the thing. What I'm going to, what I'm actually also showing you, like we're going to be talking specifically about Weight Watchers again, just because I would say 80, 90% of our, our client base and our community base literally has so much baggage in diet, diet culture struggle from Weight Watchers. So that's what we're going to be talking specifically about. But um, this also goes for most trendy diets. Right. Like, like I, like I said, we're going to be talking specifically about Weight Watchers, but what I'm about to say, you could apply to Octavia or a 1200 calorie diet or whatever the case is. So keep that in mind, but we're specifically talking about those that have gone through Weight Watchers and struggled and, um, and things like that. Cause there's also a side to my story that I think a lot of you guys may not be aware of that started with Weight Watchers. So I'll get into that as well. So let me just say this. 
if you are a fan of Weight Watchers, if you are the um, the minority saying, no, I did it. It worked for me. I love it. It saved my life. I'm happy for you. Good. I'm, I'm stoked for you. This episode's not for you. Um, anytime I, t it's funny, social media is, if you take a stance on anything, you are going to get the revolt from the other side of the fence, so to speak. But in, in here, I'm saying this, if you are in the camp of you had a great success with Weight Watchers, it did you good, it saved your life, it is what got you on track, then I'm happy for you, I'm proud of you, and amazing. But for the other 90% of people, it has been an impediment. It has been something that has caused a lot of suffering um, that, that like specifically we have to, like from a coaching standpoint, we have to undo every single day, which is part of the job I sign up for, right? But I'm telling you, I just want to put that out there like disclaimer. If you follow Weight Watchers and you crushed it and it, it works for you, amazing. Then you should, should, should probably skip this episode. But for those of you who are like, no, I've done it. I, every time I want to lose weight, I have to go back on it. And I feel like I'm on again, off again with it. And I have all this stuff. I try to lose weight the right way, but all the old, um, the old noise in my head from Weight Watchers and points and this is bad. This is good. It just throws me off. That's who I'm talking to, which is the majority of people. Okay. So, um, I'm just looking at my notes here. If you're watching the video. Okay. So here's a little bit of my story that a lot of you guys don't know about. Um, I was actually given a Weight Watchers book when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, something like that. Um, I don't, I haven't talked about my story as much lately, but I was, I was a really struggling fat kid growing up. Um, my, with me personally, uh, I was, I was a Husky kid, right? I was like, you know, I, I didn't wear normal jeans. I wore Husky jeans. Um, I remember being probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 is when like I started to get chunky. And I, all of a sudden I noticed like, I didn't look the same as everyone else at the pool. Right. Or I was like, I remember specific instances like at pool parties and I'm like trying to suck in my stomach because I'm so insecure or, um, you know, my friends and other, 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 other kids I ran around with, like always had abs or always had flat stomachs. And then you got me with like, I'm just a chunky, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old. And I struggled, but I grew up and the way I grew up and the people I was around, like they were all Weight Watchers people. So I'm like 10, 11, 12 years old, like talking to some, you know, people I look up to. I'm like, Hey, uh, I, I don't like this. I don't, I want to, I don't like the way I look and feel like, how do I, how do I get this to go? How do I get my stomach to go away? And it was, Oh, just track points, just count points. And I go, well, what's a, what's a point? Like, what, how's that work? And I was given like what you would buy at like the grocery store, a little like points book on how many points you need and what a point is and all that. And I'm going through it and I can remember like the anxiety just like hitting like, Oh, I only get like, and it wasn't very like what, like the point system's low. Like I only get like 16 points or well, then it was in my like, head like, well, these are free foods or zero point foods, but then I, so I can eat as much of those as I want. But then these foods are like, Oh wow. That like that one muffin takes like three fourths of my points away. Um, da, 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 da. and it just, I, I remember the anxiety and the struggle and the overwhelm I had of just like deer in the headlights. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then when I would try to start doing weight watchers as a fucking child, I, I remember like, it was just so confusing and so overwhelming of like, okay, these points, if I eat these points, I'll lose weight, but I was so hungry or I would can't, couldn't eat the foods that I enjoyed because they were too high of points. And then I would be out of points by like, I remember being out of points by like noon and I'm like, fuck, 
so like, so I, I know where a lot of you guys are coming from. I don't talk about, I haven't talked about this side of my story in a long time. I probably should, but I get it. Like I, I, I was literally given a Weight Watchers book and I started trying to finagle my own, you know, makeshift version of it when I was just a kid. And I, and I remember all the frustrations and the anxieties and things like that. Um, but here's the thing I have, this is not just, this is, this is from my perspective of why Weight Watchers is not a good plan. Like I'm telling you from after to give more context, I've coached people for the last, like, I don't know, 11 or 12 years on how to sustainably lose the weight and have it never come back again. Like how to keep the weight off forever. And I know what it takes. I'm really good at my job. I know exactly what it takes to cause massive transformation. So I want to just break down for you real quickly why Weight Watchers is a terrible plan and then some things that you need to be doing moving forward now, okay? So actually, so if you see watching the video, I actually have this from an older post I made. But there's a few reasons, several reasons why Weight Watchers is keeping you struggling and keeping you stuck and is, for most people, uh, a terrible idea. Because here's here's the thing, Weight Watchers at first seems okay. It's like, oh, calorie, we talk about like calorie deficit, you got to be in a calorie, calories, calorie deficit. Oh, points, points deficit. And okay, whatever. Like you can eat anything. They don't demonize food. That's right. Weight Watchers does an okay job on the, uh, at first of, of not saying these foods are bad, these foods are good. And it, it does an okay job with that. But then when you get into their actual system, it like, it almost like passive aggressively or subconsciously like demonizes foods and hurts people's relationship with them because of how their, their setup is. Okay. So reason number one, that, that, that it's a terrible idea. Um, it's the free food mentality or, or whatever version of weight watchers you're following. It, it's the same thing. Free, free foods, zero point foods, whatever. Like I, I was getting some flack online cause I was answering a Q and a about, Weight Watchers and someone's like, oh no, their, their new rendition of it is, is different. And I, and I literally looked it up and instead of calling things free food, they're called zero point foods. Well, fun fact guys, um, zero point foods still have calories. Okay. And what do people do when things are free? Like if, if you, especially if you struggle with overeating and binge eating and emotional eating and boredom eating in your relationship with food, and then I tell you this pile of food is free. You can have as much of it as you want because it's free, or if you're counting points, it's zero point foods. You're probably going to hoard that food and you're probably going to binge on that food. Now you may say, well, Jared, those foods are all healthy. Like they're all great. They're, you know, whatever. Here's the thing. There may be health benefits to those foods, but I don't like the relationship with food where you're like, oh, this is free and zero points. I'm going to hoard it and binge the fuck out of it. That is not, that is disordered style patterns. And that is not a good relationship with food. Like you ever go to like a, like a, a, a state fair or a county fair or a, I don't know, like free samples at Costco or whatever. And you see that person who like, as soon as anything's free, they're like, it's, it's free. It's for me. And they hoard it all. The person at Costco who, instead of saying, taking one bite of the sandwich, they literally take like all the samples or the person at like the, the, uh, like going through county fairs or state fairs or, um, whatever, you know, um, vendor booths, situations like that, where vendors come out and stuff. And instead of taking like one thing, they take all of your stuff. That's literally what you're doing when you're in Weight Watchers. You're like, Ooh, free food, zero point food. I can hoard it and binge on it. I don't care. Even if it was truly zero, everything, I don't like that relationship dynamic where you go, these foods are bad. These ones are good. And I'm going to binge on them out of, out of a still emotional place or a, or a de deprived place or things like that. 
or a ravenous place. That is not okay. I don't care what food it is. That's it's almost like the the concept of like we, we talk about with emotional eating. Like what if instead of emotional eating, you emotionally like cleaned your bathroom? Like, cool, yeah, you cleaned your bathroom and that was a positive thing. But if you're emotionally cleaning your bathroom and that's your only way to cope with negative emotions, that's suppressive still. Cool, yeah, something something got clean, but you're still suppressing your emotions with cleaning. That's still a bad habit. That's still a thing that is going to cause problems elsewhere. So just because of food, maybe zero points or free or whatever, it doesn't mean it's a, it's a good idea to just go batshit crazy on it. That tells me, again, we have a poor relationship with food. So the the other piece of it is all the foods that are on the zero point list or whatever, they still got calories. I don't care what the food is or what health benefits it has. If you eat too much of something, you will store fat. This is why I'm getting into in the next piece of this calories and points are not interchangeable. It's not a different unit of measure. Like technically, I mean, technically it is, but it's not, it's not an accurate unit of measure on, on the conversion of, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, if I have a dollar, a dollar equals a hundred pennies. It's not like that with calories where like one point equals this many calories points is their weird algorithm of like, of all the macros and health indicators and like percentages of this and all this other stuff. And it, it doesn't, and it causes issues because it's an, it's a very imperfect system. So, but I'll get into that here in a second, but that's why the free food mentality keeps a lot of people stuck. I, I, there's, I know so many people who have followed Weight Watchers who they're like, I don't know why I'm eating in my points and I eat all these free, they're free foods or the calorie or the zero, the, the, the point free foods. And I can't lose any weight. It's because they're eating still too many calories because they're going overboard on the free or zero point foods. Okay. That's the first reason. Second reason is when you compare when you compare Weight Watcher points to calories, most people are severely under eating, which then causes adherence issues, metabolic issues, binge eating in a bad relationship with food. So here's the thing. Most people, um, I get, I, I get beat DMs about this every single time I mention it. Like when I talk about this, this, this specific issue, I get people out in the ass DMing me, telling me, oh, you're right. I was eating 800 calories a day. Oh, I added up my points and calories and I'm eating 900 a day. Oh yeah. By the end of the day, because I wouldn't eat the high point foods, I was only eating 1100 calories a day. I'm talking about grown fucking adults. Uh, um, sorry if you can hear my dog flopping around. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about grown fucking adults eating like the, the equivalent of a toddler would eat like 800 calories a day, a thousand calories a day, 1200 calories a day, because you have to understand when you compare Weight Watcher points to calories, most people are under eating because the thing is most people are trying to stay in their point budget, but points and calories do not, do not, they're not, they're not correlated. Again, if when in like currency, pennies, nickels, quarters, dollars, things like that, those are correlated. Exactly four quarters equal one dollar. It's the exact same currency. Points in calories are not just are not the same. A lot of people think, oh, points are just like the quarters version of, of, of calories, and it's not the case. Points are its own weird thing that isn't accurate with calories. But the thing is, when it comes to fat loss, calories in, calories out is the unit of measure that we, everything is measured in for energy expenditure and the sciency side of it. So you have to understand, well, actually, let me take a step back, which is why there's a calorie, there's a calorie number associated with proteins. There's a calorie number associated with carbs. There's a calorie number associated with fats. It's like, like to get really specific for those of you that are newer to this, like one gram of protein is four calories. One gram of carb is four calories. One gram of fat is nine calories right? One gram of alcohol or well, that's a whole thing. We'll get into that later. But you, but you see what I mean? Everything is based on a calorie number because it is the great equalizer of, of a unit of measuring. If you go, how many calories are in a point? 
You can't, right? It's because it's so it's not accurate. So this is what leads so many people who are in their points who are severely under eating because they aren't intertwined. And it, and it makes it easy to make a blanket statement to be like, well, if I put my all of our clients in this low, low, low calorie range of they're all going to lose weight which is really dangerous because if that's too low, that's going to affect adherence issues. If you're hungry all the time, if you're avoiding your favorite foods, you're going to end up binging. It's going to cause all these problems strictly, even just because you're, you're under eating. Um, this gets really bad whenever you start to enjoy, like you add in whatever foods you want. Cause again, like I said, Weight Watchers doesn't blatantly, uh, say these foods are bad, but let's say you decide you want to enjoy, like, I don't know, a Starbucks muffin. Um, yeah, let's say you decide you want to enjoy a Starbucks muffin. Well, Starbucks muffin, let's say it has three to 400 calories. Not a big deal. But that muffin very well may take half of your day's allotment of points. But think of it this way. If that was calories, let's say you eat 2,000 calories a day. That's assuming that's saying like your, your, um, your calorie would be like a thousand calories, the half of your intake, which is crazy. There's muffins aren't like that, but if it would, but in points, if you have a point number, let's say you have 20 points a day, but that muffin's 10. Well, fuck. Now you're, you're eating a shit ton of zero calorie foods or the, or the, or the zero point foods, or you're trying to like, you know, keep in the, your, the rest of your 10 points, the remaining day. But the problem is you, if you add up the calories, you're probably eating a thousand calories a day, 900 calories a day. Right. This is the disconnect. So when you follow a plan that's not sustainable, where you're under eating, you're deprived, you're restricted, and you're you're struggling, your relationship with food is affected. Of course, you're not going to be consistent with it. So you're going to break and fall off and things like that. Okay. Reason number three. Um, actually, we touched on that when it does come to. I said when it does come time to 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 have that treat, like the 300 calorie muffin in your points. Um, it's half of them, right? And so we already touched on that. All right, number four. This is a big one. Um, there's no exit strategy. There's no exit strategy. Weight Watchers has you follow Weight Watchers forever, which is, if you want to think about it, it's a genius business model, borderline unethical, but, but genius business model because it keeps you paying for their, their services. Keeps you in this, it keeps you in the game where there's no exit strategy. You lose the weight and they're like, cool, keep doing this. And that sucks. Um, but if you think about it, this is, I have it in my notes. Um, I said, there's no exit strategy. They don't teach you how to come off of it and be successful without uh, being a point maniac, which is why most Weight Watchers participants are always gaining their weight back and never keeping it off. You have to understand this. Um, there's another analogy I like to use is, uh, so your brain gravitates to what's most familiar. So if you spent the majority of your life or years at a time dieting, counting points, doing all your thing, your whole thing, um, and then all of a sudden one day you lose the weight and you don't have, and you don't have to do this anymore, but you were never taught an exit strategy. You'll find the weight to gain it back again. It's almost like your brain doesn't have a job. Let me think of it this way. What do most people who retire, as soon as they retire, they find themselves like getting a part-time job or keeping themselves busy or, or most retired people I know say I'm busier now than I ever was when I was working. It's because they had a job their whole life. And then one day they don't have a job and their brain goes, I don't like this. And I, I'm used to being busy. So they go find a way to stay busy. Or uh, another one that we see a lot is, let's say you've uh, raised a family of kids for years, and then now out of nowhere, they all go to college and you're empty nesters. Yeah, it'll be cool for a minute, but then you're going to find, but then most parents I've seen find themselves almost parenting other people, spending more time with their nieces and nephews or, or doing something else like at their church or their, uh, their, their community where they're helping parent almost because they were a parent for all their years and now all of a sudden empty nesters, but they, their brain goes, ah, we need to parent something and they go take care of something. It's no different here. 
if you have been a perpetual dieter, been on a diet more than you've been off a diet, and you always have gained and lost, gained and lost, gained and lost, and you've been in this game for years at a time or your whole life, then one day you happen to get all the weight off, your brain's out of a job. And this is when people subconsciously find a way to gain back all the weight they did lose. And what's ironic is most people who do this, it's this is where it gets really trippy, they go back to their exact starting weight. No more, no less. Like if you were at like 200 pounds and you got down to like 150 pounds, you didn't gain back 250, you gained back to like right at 200. Not 205, not 210, like 200. It, it's crazy because that's that's how the brain works. So if you don't have an exit strategy that takes that in, into consideration, it's a problem. We have a, in, inside our coaching program, we have a full stage of this. We have a three-stage process. Our stage three is the exit strategy because I know as a coach, someone has this mental emotional background, these this baggage. So I know as soon as we get the weight to come off, there's going to be some desire deep and down in them subconsciously to go find the weight to gain it back to lose it again. So we need to not only set up a proper maintenance protocol, we need to also plan for that that sabotage, knowing that desire is going to come so we're ready for it, but then also create a new familiar that the brain can gravitate to. This is way deeper than just counter points, right? So that's that's the other piece with it, okay? Moving on. Reason number five, um, the weekly weigh-in. The weekly weigh-in. Now, I am told this one is different now. I hear stories back and forth. I hear some people say, oh, we never did a weekly weigh-in. And then some people say, oh, yeah, it was terrible. It was the most embarrassing thing I've ever dealt with. So in my notes, I have the, the reason number five is the weekly weigh-in um, in front of their peers. Number one, it's not an accurate way to use the scale at all, just weighing once a week. Number two, it creates a worse relationship with themselves and the scale because it's being used inappropriately. And if it's this like shameful thing in front of your peers, that's not okay. And then number three, it's using social embarrassment as a means to drive adherence. That's fucked up. Again, I've heard both stories. Some people tell me their Weight Watchers meetings. They never did the the, 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 the way in front of your peers, but I know a fuck ton um, that, that have. So that's the, um, that's, uh, that's, that's an issue. Okay. So, um, so those are the main reasons why Weight Watchers is, is not the best plan for most people. And it keeps a lot of people stuck. Okay. So, <clears throat> so what to do now? So you're like, all right, Jared, this makes sense. Uh, all right, what, what should I do? Number one is you probably need to write an inner child letter. Okay, it's getting hot in here. I'm gonna turn the fan on. Um, you probably need to write an inner child letter. So um, what I mean by that is, some, this is something we have our clients do and I talk about in my, uh, my 180 Academy course, but there's an old saying, to heal the man, you must heal the little boy. To heal the woman, you must heal the little girl. And when it comes to this diet culture stuff and especially Weight Watchers, most of you have been put on um, that at a very young age, you went to Weight Watchers meetings with mom, or you were like me and got handed a points book when you were 10, or, um, this has been a thing that you've been struggling with since you were a little kid. Well, maybe you need to write a letter to that little kid. The cool thing with inner child work and in psychology is there's this concept called reparenting or inner child work where you have this inner child that lives in you. That's, it's a thing. And a lot of times the issues there, because they were not handled, they manifest on the surface. Okay. Um, we, this is why, like we call everything, this is why the show is called dieting from the inside out. You have to take an inside out approach to all of this. Okay. So inner child letter, you basically, the easiest way to do this is number is just get out a pen and paper and you're think of it this way. You're writing a letter to the version of you that, that keeps coming to your mind, whether it be you at 10, you at 15, whatever. And 
especially if you're in the position where you, you keep thinking like, Oh no, I have to go back to weight watchers. Oh, I, I, I but I'm worried I'm going to gain my weight back. And in your, in you, you have this baggage around like, no, that's too many points still, even though you're not following weight watchers is write an inner child letter, basically relieving, um, let's say her of her duties. Right. It's almost as if the logical you is talking to the emotional child. Hey, look, first of all, thank them. Hey, thank you so much for doing your best and keeping us alive. Because that's the thing, any inner, any inner child issue for the most part is even if the, is the thing was um, messed up, it was a child doing the best they knew how. Like we see people who started binge eating when they were just like kids because of a, it was a, a coping mechanism. But that's all a child knew, knew how to do. That child, like when mom and dad fought, they're like, ah, I'm just going to go to food because it makes me feel better. It's a kid. It didn't know any better. Don't shame the kid. Don't be like, you should have known, but like all this bullshit. No, no, no. Thank you for trying to keep us alive. Thank you for coping with that. That's all you know how to do. There should be some gratitude there. So when you're writing this inner child letter, number one, thank the inner child. Hey, thank you for doing your best when we were little and keeping us alive and keeping us sane. Number two, but I'm an adult now and you are officially relieved of your duties. We don't have to do Weight Watchers anymore. If you knew what I knew now, you would, you would totally understand. Like literally now is when you can have this conversation in this letter as if you're in the same room. A prompt I use with we uh, that with a when I'm on when like with clients and stuff is I go cool if I could somehow put you in the same room with the childhood version of you, would you have words? Would you be would you have some stuff to say to to her or him? And they're like, yeah, I fucking would. Oh my gosh! I go, yeah. Then you probably need to say it in this letter. It's healing. So in this letter, number one, thank them. Number two, relieve them of their duties. Hey, I just want to let you know you don't have to. We don't have to be a points psychopath anymore. I just want to let you know we don't have to freak out about this. We don't have to eat low points anymore. It's okay. I promise. I'm an adult. I can take it from here. I'm telling you, some of you guys may be thinking I'm on the kooky bus, but I'm telling you, this is proven by psychology and it works. So you need to write an inner child letter. And then if you need to include everything else in there, like, yeah, I know mom and dad were crazy, but but you know what? We're here now and da, 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 whatever you feel compelled also to like let out in that letter, let it out there. Okay. So that's the first thing. Number two. I'm telling you right now, realize points are bullshit, and I want you to forget high point foods. Literally, points are bullshit. I know a lot of you that have tried Weight Watchers and been in it and done it, and the only time you've ever lost weight is, is during Weight Watchers, and that tells me it wasn't sustainable for you. But points are bullshit. Like next time, like you're you you feel like the Weight Watchers demon come back. You're like at the grocery store. You're at a restaurant. You're like, oh, I want to get that. But, but then your brain goes, it's so many points. Be like, it doesn't matter anymore. Points are obsolete. That's what I'm, the message is. Points are now obsolete and it doesn't work like that. Points and calories are not intertwined um, at all. So I am telling you points are BS and I want you to forget about the high point foods. And whenever you do have this like pattern of, oh, I shouldn't have that. That's a lot of points or, oh, whatever about points. Big, deep breath. <sighs> It doesn't matter anymore. Okay. Number three, free foods don't exist either. Here's the thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are foods that's really hard to overeat, right? Because they're just so voluminous. They, they are not very calorie dense. Like it's so like, like, for example, it's so hard to overeat like watermelon. You could literally, I think watermelon is like a pound, hundred calories a pound. Good luck eating three pounds of watermelon without feeling like Thanksgiving day full. Right. But here's the thing. I'm not going to say, Oh, watermelon's a free for all have as much as you want. There's no such thing as zero point foods or, or zero calorie foods or negative calorie foods. Now 
if someone's gaining weight and struggling with weight loss, is it because of their watermelon and broccoli or is it because of like, like they're just overeating as a whole? It's because they're overeating as a whole. But here's the thing. I don't want you to get in the ha- get in the mindset of, oh, these are free. These are expensive. These are, I can have a free for all and binge and hoard. And these I can't, that's not how it works. Um, at all. So I, I just don't want there to be that dynamic in that relationship with food where you go like, there's this line in the sand of these are all the ethically okay foods. These are the immoral foods, or these are the good foods. These are the bad foods. These are the free foods. These are the expensive foods. Because as soon as we start getting that kind of line in the sand, we're putting foods on pedestals and we're creating a, a harsh dynamic and relationship with food. Um, and it's causing a lot of problems. Okay. So no free foods, all calories count, whether you're counting them or not out, all calories do count. Okay. Cause from a fat loss perspective, you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. There's no way around it. Um, but again, it doesn't have to be this big, huge thing. Um, because we also need to build your calorie tolerance and your calories up to like an upper limit. So this is one of the first things that we do with a lot of clients is when clients come to us from like weight watchers or a trendy diet history, the last thing we, we should do is throw them right into a fat loss phase. Not only do we need to fix their inner game issues going on, but we need to get their caloric tolerance high. That's, that's the thing is like, there's these these proven um, sides of fat loss from like reverse dieting to maintenance phases to metabolic priming and metabolic adaptation where we're basically bringing your calories up strategically to where you can maintain at a higher calorie calorie number. So the cool thing is you can do that with calories. Uh, There's no like reverse dieting for points, right? So that's what you have to understand. Next, if you're tracking calories and protein, those are king. I'm sorry, if you're tracking calories and protein are king. Because here's the thing, like I said, you don't have to track calories, but all calories do in fact count. Now, if you are tracking, um, you just should track your total calories and protein. Don't get crazy about carbs and fats. You should have both, right? But don't get crazy specific and rigid um, around, around, uh, around, oh, here's my carbs. Here's my, my fats. I'm carb cycling or high fat, low carb, low carb or low fat, high carb. Don't worry about that. Total calories and protein. If you're in a coke, if you are in a calorie deficit and hitting your protein intake, let the carbs and fats fall wherever they fall and make whatever you want work in those numbers. Because the way this works, you, you can make your favorite foods work without it taking half of your calorie allotment for the day. Okay. Then lastly, this is the big one. Do not be tempted to go back to Weight Watchers because it worked in your head. Here's the thing. If, if it worked, you wouldn't be struggling. Um, we need to redefine what successful weight loss means. We need to define what redefine what work to mean. Um, because you have to understand if you did, if you, let's say did weight watchers, lost 40 pounds, stopped doing weight watchers and gained those 40 pounds back, then I don't consider that successful. I mean, think about it. If you, would you move into a house that you knew was, you'd have to move out in three months because it was going to cave in on itself because it wasn't built right. Of course not. That's not helpful. That's not a successful home build. Why would you get into something knowing it's going to crash and burn because it wasn't built right, because the system wasn't right, because it wasn't practical or sustainable? That means it wasn't successful. That was a temporary flash in the pan of a result for about four fucking seconds, and then it was ripped away from you. Because you have to understand the motto that we teach clients is if you can't do it for 10 years, do not touch it for 10 days because how you keep the weight off is going to be exactly how you maintain it. So you have to be careful how you lose the weight. I had someone try to argue with me on TikTok this past week where um, someone asked me about an opinion on a very specific diet protocol and I was avidly against it. And um, 
And the lady got triggered because of course she was following said diet protocol. And she, she said, well, even your program, your, your clients, as soon as they stop, as soon as they stop doing it, they're going to lose their results. So your program doesn't work either. And I go, I go, no, 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 exactly. If they stop following the habits, of course, they're going to regain their weight, which is why we make sure all the habits are sustainable. Boom. And I'm like, well, if you quit brushing your teeth, are you going to be surprised when you get cavities? Well, no. So you don't stop brushing your teeth. Are you surprised if you quit going to work, you quit getting paid? No. So you don't quit going to work. It's no different. Of course, when we stop having a cause, an effect happens. Every cause has an effect. If I quit doing the thing, I quit getting the results of the thing. So for you, if you want to keep your weight off and you choose a method like Weight Watchers or some other trendy bullshit diet that is not sustainable, you know there's going to come a day you're going to have to stop, which means your weight's going to come back. It's no, it's, yeah, this is exactly how it works. It's why you brush your teeth when they're clean. It's why you go to work every day because you know as soon as you stop, bad shit happens. You quit feeding your dog, the dog dies. You quit brushing your teeth, your teeth turn yellow. So you have your life set up in a way it's all sustainable where you can do it forever. Your teeth brushing routine, every day. So like it takes two minutes. You feed your dog, takes two seconds. You go to work, you pick a job that you can tolerate that you plan on doing for a long fucking time because you want to do it forever. Why are we treating weight loss different? Because you're impatient? It's because you're like, oh, well, Janet lost 30 pounds in 30 days on Weight Watchers. Stop. What's practical that you could do literally till you die? Do that. That's how you should approach this. So don't be tempted to go back to Weight Watchers because it worked, because it didn't. It gave you a result that boosted something in your brain, and now you're like, i got to go back to it. You have to understand how you get your pro- – or how, you have to understand how you make – well, I can't talk today. You have to understand how you make progress is going to look exactly like how you maintain that progress. And the thing is, the longer you do this back and forth, it's damaging your, your metabolism and it's damaging your psychology. I mean, think of it this way. If I practice guitar every week for 30 years, I'd probably be really good at guitar. But imagine, but, you, but a lot of you guys that are listening have been practicing gaining weight for 30 years. Or you lose weight, then you gain it back. You lose weight, you gain it back. You lose weight and gain it back. Well, now you're really skilled at gaining weight back. So now it comes second nature to you. It's because every time you do it, you get better at it. Every time you do it, you get better at it, which is why it's really important to stop this pattern of yo-yo dieting ASAP and get on something sustainable. Because if it's if you, you every, every action is, is a habit that's moving forward. You're either getting momentum and moving forward or regressing and losing momentum. You don't just sit still just because you're struggling. You're actually digging yourself deeper into this hole. So I'm not saying that to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not doing saying that to be negative. I'm doing, saying that to be real with you and to show you like, do not be tempted to do the thing that worked before because it didn't work before, but your brain sees it as, oh, it worked. I should, I have at least the best shot at that. No, you already been bro- burned by that. Imagine going, this is what's crazy. Dieting is almost like like trendy dieting, yo-yo dieting with these kind of setups. It's like going back to the, the to the boyfriend or girlfriend that cheated on you that has a track record of being toxic and just is a degenerate. Imagine this. Imagine if you, I mean, we all have that friend who like goes back to their 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 ex that like treats them like shit and cheats on them and stuff. 
And I see people talk shit about their friend who does that all the time. It's like, oh, you know, you, you would think Sarah would have learned. Oh, there she goes, going back to that asshole again. You know what? He does this every time. I don't know why she keeps doing that. Meanwhile, you keep going back to the diet that didn't work for you. You keep going back to the weight that you gained. You keep going back to the method and the protocol that has nothing but failed you because it worked, <laughs> right? Just like, well, he was nice. It's the same thing. We need to make a commitment not to go back to these things, okay? So those are the reasons why Weight Watchers is keeping you stuck and making things really bad for you, but as well as what to do now. Again, that's why I, I've been feeling the need to do this, this episode where it's basically, basically the, the Weight Watchers recovery episode. So I hope this was helpful. Be sure and subscribe to the show if you haven't already because dieting from the inside out because outer work without inner work doesn't work. Um, if you are newer here, so I do have some stuff for you. If you're newer to the show in my content, I do have... Um, I do have some stuff in the description for you. Number one, if you have not gone through my free course, if you're like, holy fuck, you just like ripped everything I knew about fat loss out from underneath me. I don't even know what to do now. I have a course for you. It's free. Um, it's called the fat loss checklist. It's in, it's in the description where you can go through it and I will show you everything about how, how to lose weight the right way. And I don't, don't hold anything back. So there's that. Um, the second thing, if you, let's say, let's say you, you're a person who thrives in community. You, you just want to be around people who are doing the right things and you want to learn more about this stuff in about how to do things the right way. I have a group on Facebook called fat loss simplified. Um, I'll leave a link below as well. Um, just request to join, answer the questions and I'll make sure my team lets you in. Um, and then finally, if let's say you're listening to this and you're like, I'm just tired of the struggle and I want help. I want like one-on-one -on -one attention where we can end this bullshit as fast as possible. That's what one-on-one -on -one coaching is for. And I'll leave a link below if you want to apply for coaching. Um, otherwise, that is it. Thank you for listening and being here. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you guys next week.